I want apple juice. Lucas wants apple juice. I know, I heard him can say I that. Can I have apple juice? Yeah, you can have apple juice. Can I have soda? Yes, you can have soda. Can I press that button? No, you can't press that button. Why? Because that's going to play the theme song. I'm not ready to start Click. the pot. I could do like a hello or a welcome, some sort of little song and dance. The only thing that I can't do is start these podcasts off by saying, what's up, guys? James Gutman here on Hi Pod. I'm Dad. Welcome back to another Friday edition of the show. It is the podcast. You could find it anywhere. Spotify, Audible, um, make it up. If you could make up a podcast streaming service, it's on there. We're everywhere. Or HiPodOmDad.com. That's where all the archives are, dating back a few years now. Uh, on top of it, HiBlogOmDad.com. The blog every Monday, every Wednesday. The inspiration for the podcast, inspired by my life. Been a hell of a week. In fact, this week was kind of exciting. I did a, a blog on Wednesday that you know blew up, as the kids say. Not in a bad way, but in a good way. It's one of those uh, where you see that gets a lot of attention. People really related to it, and that made me very excited. It was um, embracing my inner goat understanding my nonverbal son's meltdowns. And I wrote about understanding my son's meltdowns. Now, spoiler alert, the whole goat thing was based on a Sesame Street video that I watched as a kid that I used to love where it was a goat and the other animals would piss him off and he would just go, I get mad, I get mad. And he would freak out, he gets so mad. And as a kid, I loved that goat because it was the only thing on Sesame Street that really got mad. No one got mad. Um, Although, honestly, you know, you think back on Sesame Street, little sidebar here, a lot of the stuff that we watched on Sesame Street were pretty messed up, and I'll tell you why. There was an episode um, of Sesame Street that I watched as a kid where Kermit the Frog had ordered something in the mail, and it was teeth, right? But he didn't order it, he didn't want the teeth, and the guy was going to give him the teeth. I forgot the exact rundown, but it was like, you know, he showed up, and he's like, this is for you, and I think I think Kermit was like, this is for Kermit the Gorf. Like, it wasn't for him. I know, it's a good one, right? At the end of the skit, though, Kermit took the teeth, put it in his mouth, and he went, arr, arr, like that, and he, like, he was angry, and the guy ran away, and I had nightmares about that for a long time. <laughs> in fact, even thinking about it now, I'm like, ugh, not really great. So Sesame Street was a little whacked out when we were kids, but this goat on Sesame Street was one of the few guys who really got angry. He wasn't grouchy, he wasn't unhappy, he was just, you know, he gets mad. So I always remembered that. And as a kid, you get mad. You get angry. You get all your aggressions out. And you act out in many ways. But then you grow up and you learn not to do that. You learn how to kind of chill, pull it back a little bit, relax. Um, all the things that we're supposed to do. And I've talked about it, you know, at heart surgery in 2012, followed up with the quintuple bypass by teaching myself to be a little less um, reactionary to certain things. Still have my moments. I've written about that too. One of my favorite blog posts, Click, Click, Boom, where I told some stories about some crazy things. Um, confrontational moments that I've had with strangers. Almost any of my my angry moments are based around interactions with strangers. I don't really do it with people in my life. If, if anything, this has always been one of those things that I'm working on too, that kind of that red flag. If I let a lot of a lot of crazy stuff go when it's somebody that I really care about or somebody that's in my life and I'm learning, I'm learning to kind of 
work on that as well. But a lot of my moments with strangers will reach that point. If somebody disrespects me, if somebody will disrespect somebody that I'm close to or I'm out with, um, I react. So that's great. I still get a chance to get my anger out, my aggression out. And when those things happen, I know sometimes people, they beat themselves up when something like that happens, something that goes against their personality type. But for me, it almost feels good to know it's still there, right? Like I haven't, I haven't let go of all of my, you know, uh, instincts to confront people who aren't being right to me and all these other things. I just save it for when it's important. I remember one time about a year or two ago, um, I forgot my daughter had done something that I didn't like. And I yelled at her and she looks at me, she's like, you never yell at me. And I'm like, I don't ever yell at you. And because of that, that one moment of kind of like, what are you doing? Like that changed a lot because she knew that I meant it. That's something as a parent that I've, I've learned. Like if you're one of those parents and you yell all the time or you say phrases, like, I mean, when I was growing up, there was a, a grown up that used to say, you're in more trouble now than you've ever been in your entire life. And in the beginning that worked, right? The first time that said to you, the second time, maybe the third time, then by the fourth time, you're like, I'm not in more trouble than I've ever been in my entire life because, you know, I didn't tie my shoes. Like it sounds so ridiculous. So you have to learn to save your anger for moments where they count. All that being said, I understand anger. I understand frustration. So when my son, who's 12, he's nonverbal, has a meltdown, I get it. I understand why he's doing it. And I think we all understand why these things are happening, but we kind of distance ourselves from it because as a parent, it's my job to soothe this meltdown. It's my job to handle it, to understand it, to work on it. Uh, all these things to, you know, and I have a whole system too, man. If, if Lucas has a meltdown, if he gets upset about something, what I'll do is I will kneel down next to him or sit down next to him on the ground. I will rub his back. I'll, you know, in his ear, I'll be like, shh, we do a lot of that. Um, I used to sing him songs. He tends to, I don't know, he reacts to songs sometimes. There's certain rappy songs. He does not want it. And if he does not want me to sing him that song, he will, you know, hand over the mouth and get even more upset. So I don't do that anymore, but I will. I'll, I'll rub his back. I'll rub his head. I'll do, I'll do things that I know he doesn't do. Like I'll scratch his head because I know he's not, he doesn't really get in there with the scratching. Another thing, and I don't know if I've talked about this on here. This is definitely a blog post down the line. Um, my son can't really like rub the corners of his eyes, like sinus things, things that I know feel good for me, right? So like I get sinus issues, especially this time of year. And I sit there and I rub my eyes and you know, you rub your temples and all the things that make you feel better. He doesn't know how to do that. He doesn't do that. My son doesn't pick his nose, doesn't do any of those things and blow his nose. Just kind of like goes through life. So when he's like that, what I'll do is I will rub his eyes. I'll put my two fingers right in the corners of his eyes and I'll just kind of like do that with my mouth. It sounded like it, right? And he'll appreciate it and he'll want me to do it or he'll take my hand and put my hand on his eyes to do it for him. So sometimes it's just a matter of thinking, what would I do in this situation? If I'm upset and I'm on, I'm on you know, not on the ground, but if I'm upset about something that's happening, what would I do immediately to feel better? Like, oh, well, maybe I'll rub my head. I'll take a deep breath. So I try to do those things with him, get him in a proper place. But all that being said, underneath it all, there's a reason for this meltdown. And a big part of not getting frustrated with him is me understanding what that reason is, because that's the cycle that some parents have. You have a child who's nonverbal. You have a child who's minimally verbal. You have a child who is verbal, whatever it is. And they get upset about something. And now you're upset that they're upset. So if we're out and Lucas has a meltdown, you know, in a crowded restaurant, the first thought that I would have initially 
when he was younger. And I think a lot of parents would have. It's like, oh my God, what is this kid doing? Why are you doing this? You know, that anger of like, you know, you're not being appropriate. And one of the luxuries, and this is one of the reasons I do the blog and one of the things I've talked about, of having a child who has been diagnosed with autism for as long as Lucas has, is I've had time to understand how autism affects him. A lot of times new parents, their kids are being diagnosed, there's questions, they're not really sure. Moments like that could, could be really aggravating. Like, oh my God, what's he doing now? Why is he doing this? Is this going to happen all the time? It's that thought process. Is this right? But this is who he is. My son doesn't have a lot of meltdowns, but when he does have a meltdown, I think about him. How frustrating must this moment be? Dude, I have language. I have words. I have a lot of words and I say them to people and I'm still not understood. And I know sometimes how frustrating that is for me. You want to slam your head into the wall. Phone calls with people over and over and trying to explain something that you know they get, but they're not purposely not hearing it for whatever reason. And you get so, you get so angry. So now here's my boy. He wants something, whether he's not allowed to have it, which is a different kind of meltdown. But if he feels he's not understood, and what he wants, I can't even fathom the frustration that comes with that. We've had a few moments like that. We still do. Th things that we don't understand. Things like turning the car into a parking lot. We're going down the road and all of a sudden he breaks into tears. I don't know why. There's nothing I could do about it. Walking through a supermarket, going down an aisle. He doesn't want to go down. All of a sudden he's crying. The other night I heard him upstairs crying, watching television. I the TV was too loud or what was happening. I, went out. I said, what's the matter? What are you doing? And he doesn't really react to sensory things. So it's hard to figure out. What the issue is, um, not constantly, not all the time, something that I feared when he was little, but it springs up and you feel terrible when it happens. So I think to myself, what is he going through that he can't tell me? Because I know the frustration when I can't get somebody to understand me. I know the frustration when I can't get him to understand me. So I can't imagine if that was just, you know, the dominant thing in my life, hoping that people understand. Uh, of course, I mean, there's times where he gets upset over things that I do understand. You know, he wants food. No food right now. Eh, I mean, no, 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 no food right now. Those are things that I think all parents deal with, but I don't know. There's nothing, nothing sadder than not really getting it. Or like when he's hurt and I don't know how it happened or what happened. He's limping. I don't know why he's limping. I wrote a blog called no one knows why he's limping. All of a sudden he's limping. I'm like, what happened? What, you know, what happened to this kid? You know, and it could be anything. You don't know how, how bad of a thing it is. You don't know if it's a real injury they said at school one time, his leg fell asleep. That was kind of cute. They thought it fell asleep. It's hard to really communicate certain deeper things with him. Uh, and for that reason, whenever he does go through these meltdowns, whenever he does have these moments, as frustrating as it is for me as a parent, I always try to remember how frustrating it is for him. I think that's important. I think for any parent or a child like mine or a child on the spectrum, uh, it's difficult to kind of come to grips with you know, understanding how hard it must be for them to communicate because we're tasked with trying to understand them. So sometimes we're so focused on ourselves of how hard it is for us to do our job that we don't even think of how hard it must be for them to, to just live and to just uh, make sure that they're taken care of and making sure that people understand what they want. And for that reason, you know, I go out of my way to make sure I try to empathize with him as best I can, sit with him, uh, be patient with him and not let it become something that, I put on myself, oh, this is so annoying for me. I mean, sometimes it is, but no matter how annoying it is for me, it is far more annoying for him to have to deal with people around him not understanding what he wants. I remember that. Hopefully you guys do too. It's important 
uh, and for him, for me, and for all of us. And that does it for me, guys. That's the end of this podcast. I will be back next Friday with a brand new edition of High Pod. I'm Dad. I'll be back Monday, Wednesday. Brand new blogs all over the place. Until next time, James Gutman saying, be well. Bye, Pod. I'm Dad. <laughs>